Hey everyone, welcome to another Bookmore show. It's Stuart here with Betsy. How's it going, Betsy? Fantastic. Great to, to be here again. You know, I think I should start mixing up that, uh, varying that intro, or just record it and use the same one, because I kind of oh, was uh, <laughs> listening to last week's show just to uh, refresh my mind what we were talking about a few minutes before we started recording, and I think the, uh, in, the intros are identical, so we can either save some time and make it more efficient or uh, probably the better idea is just to add a bit more variety into it so uh let's try yeah we'll try that <laughs> do it different next week anyway um moving on so thanks everyone for joining in again we've got a bit of a different show the last couple of episodes we've talked about facebook and we do actually have there's a couple more topics we wanted to get to but uh two facebook shows in a row is uh, is certainly enough for me and probably everyone else so we'll leave the last wrap up on the last couple of topics for facebook to uh, a couple of weeks time and today we wanted to talk about scorecard books i think we mentioned it briefly in the last show as a slightly different type of book but we wanted to dive into that a little bit more now and share some ideas with people of how to approach the the book as a tool within the kind of lead funnel in a little bit of a different way so sound good i think it's a great topic to discuss Yes. Perfect. So I have coffee here, so hopefully my voice is going to keep going for the next 30 minutes <laughs> and uh, and we should be good. So the scorecard books, I can't remember the exact context in which it came up last time, but broadly we're looking at engaging people who would be interested in the book engaging them in a way that starts a conversation and then develops that conversation over time. So anyone that's listened to the last episode or previous episodes rather will know that we talk quite a lot about using books in Profit Activator number two. So that's identifying and helping people raise their hands as interested. The kind of tagline of the company is making invisible leads visible. And a book is a fantastic way of doing that because you get to share a concept with an interested audience a a reader who's interested in the subject and really introduce the idea and start a conversation and so the seed of some next steps that takes them from the question that's being answered on the cover so we talk a lot about the importance of titles so it takes them from that title through the idea develops it into what is then on the back cover copy and the back cover then has a call to action some steps that people can take to kind of develop that conversation and take it further. So I think most people are quite familiar with that. Just before we started recording, we were looking through the gallery of titles to pull up some examples. And probably I'd say about 90% of people are really in that camp of thinking about a book as a way of getting invisible leads to raise their hand. So that kind of, I know you have a lot of conversations with uh, some people that do come on board, some people that don't, but a lot of those early stage conversations, is that kind of the feeling you get as well? People are very familiar with the idea of using it at that stage. Absolutely, I do. You know, very rarely do I have someone um, that doesn't understand, you know, what's going on and, and how to use it and stuff. But so most of the most point, I mean, people listen to us and listen to Dean and all along. So, yeah, definitely um, people are, are, are educated more than you would think, um, for sure. I think it's a nice, easy way of uh, people can conceptualize it pretty easily as well. The kind of whole lead generation piece of of marrying up a conversation or trying to match a conversation that's already going on in their mind with an offer where you can compel people to raise their hand. It's whether it's a book or another opt-in cookie, it's something that people can kind of grab onto. 
Um, so today then we're going to talk about slightly different types of books. So mapping it back to the eight profit activators, which is again the framework that we use to really um, contextualize these early steps, then profit activator number one, choose a single target market because it's it's easier and more straightforward to be specific rather than trying to be all things to all people, one campaign at a time. Profit activator number two is give people an easy way to raise their hand and, and compel them to identify themselves. So this pool of invisible people, how you can get them to raise their hand. And then profit activator number three is educate and motivate people over time towards taking that next step, towards making a decision to either join a course that you're offering or buy a product from you. The key to that stage is the kind of when they're ready so staying in touch with people over the longer duration so that they've had a conversation they've had a thought where your conversation is matched with that they've raised their hand they've identified themselves the likelihood of them converting immediately is lower than the likelihood of them converting over time for many reasons they might not be ready or they might not know like or trust you enough um particularly for higher value products you need to build that relationship a little bit more so being present and educating and motivating people to take the next step is a great way of making sure that you're still relevant at the point that they make the decision themselves a few weeks ago um I'm getting confused on which podcast I was talking about this now. I think it was this. Um, I think it was the book More Show. Um, anyway, a few weeks ago, I was talking to someone about a book called Wombat Selling, which is by an Australian academic called Michael Gleason. And that proposition is that you can't um, you can't make a buying decision for someone. The, the power to make the buying decision, the kind of checkmate move to close that action, that uh, that interaction lies with the customer the only thing that you can do is make check moves to always put something in front of people so that creates the creates the environment for that buying decision so a lot of his work is with sales teams and rather than sales managers focus on closing 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 you can't um you're not in control of that so instead and that demotivates teams obviously and it's it leads to a lot of churn in in sales teams so the thing that you can be in control of is these check moves these opportunities to put the buying decision in front of someone and that's what we're talking about in profit number three staying relevant staying in front of people continuing to provide more useful information so that you're there and present at the point that they make that decision. So there's a couple of ways of of doing it. Obviously, we talk a lot about uh, flagship communications and staying in touch with people um, once they've joined the list and potentially go through an autoresponder sequence then, rather than dropping them at that point or just assuming that they're a dead lead, continuing to, to send further relevant stuff and in the real estate space uh, we talked about a lot about um, market watch emails so there's obviously a, a consistent churn of new properties coming onto the market so that's a very easy way of continuing to be able to deliver information to someone might not always be the most relevant if they're looking for a different type of property but by continue being able to share something with them you're more likely to stay front of mind so that um, someone can reach out at that point on the coaching side of our business. We've got the more cheese, less whiskers podcast that Dean does. That's a great opportunity for every week to talk about different types of businesses, how the profit activators apply to those. 
this Bookmore podcast as well. People who have identified themselves are interested. We're following up regularly with other related information. So fitting a book. Sorry, go for it. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, I hear on a regular basis. I mean, I would go as far as to say daily, you know, from people who, because one of the main questions, the first questions I ask someone whenever they call us about the 90 minute book is how did you, how did you know about us? How did you hear about us? And, um, it, it all works back to, well, I heard, you know, Dean Jackson on this or I heard whatever. And it may be that connection or my friend told me to listen to the podcast, but they said, oh, I've got, I'm, I'm on your mailing list now. And so I get all of this, this information from you. And, and it's really, you know, they start quoting some things that maybe I haven't even paid that close of attention to. So I, you know, I pull up, oh, that email that went out last Thursday or whatever. And I, I really see how, you know, how, how much that works, you know. Um, really and truly on on a daily basis from people who are just constantly, you know, they're, they're seeing all the things that we put out. And, you know, today's email may not be relevant to what's going on in their business, but, you know, tomorrow's might be, you know, and that might be the thing that converts them over, you know. Um, so I see how, how productive and, and I have conversations with people like this on a, on a regular basis, just how to keep, you know, relevant in someone's face, you know, um, not to be forgotten, you know, so how important it is. And, and I see it just with us, the success that we have, you know, um, with our clients. And it's key, isn't it? I think so often it's easy to put a lot of effort into collecting leads. And there's a lot of industry talk about kind of the churn factor of always be collecting more leads in order to send them something and then the list will go cold and go dead after a while. And there's so many examples that we've have personally here or we've heard about through clients where a, a dead list there's no such thing as a dead list it's just that those people aren't quite ready at the moment so right. keep being able to send something to them like you're saying a lot we've actually got um, on the future show outline we've got a note for one of them is kind of what to do next so now that i've written my book and i'm collecting leads what do i do now and a lot of that focus really is around this kind of flagship broadcast this this constant uh, ability to put something in front of people that reminds mm-hmm. them that you're still there and wrapped within that deliver them the opportunity to take the next step so mm-hmm. people have seen I think it you just said it. we do focus on collecting the leads but i think when people don't see an immediate you know um response or an immediate you know onboarding or or conversion people kind of got, get tired, you know, they just sort of, I don't know if it's the lazy is the right word or they're just not, they're not happy with what they're seeing, but you just have to keep doing that, you know. Um, you know, I think there's like, a couple of, okay. sorry, I cut across to that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying at some point that, you know, either somebody will either remove themselves from your list or they will convert, you know, and, and like I said, you just have to keep it, keep it fresh and keep it consistent, you know, and not, not give up, you know, that's, I think there's a couple of things, isn't it? There's such a uh, there's such a focus on immediately grabbing people at the point that they're ready to make a buying decision and trying to make that conversion now, and the whole kind of always be closing. And there's an excitement around generating tens or hundreds or thousands of top level leads that play in the long game. There's um, anyone that's on on Dean's list as well. There's um, we've just started another email mastery 
group um, just yesterday was the, the first call with some fresh people in there, some new people in there. And one of the modules in there is is playing for the long game or thinking about the long game. So there's the example, we use a lot of the inquiry management service that surveyed a large cross-section of people who had attended uh, physical events like expos and followed up with them with the for those people who went there with an intent of buying something, did they buy within 30, 90, six months or two years or over two years? And forget what the exact numbers were, but it's something like 80% of people bought in the, the kind of six months plus window. So the majority, if you're only focusing on those immediately converting, you're definitely leaving on the table all of those other people that you've you've spent time and money to collect and if as long as there's a way of being able to keep that conversation going in an effective way for your own business so i was just talking to someone last week and saying it doesn't really matter whether we're talking about audio or whether we're talking about podcasts or written stuff or or video whatever you within your own business can easily create either because you've got a particular interest or passion on one thing or the market is um Going back to the the market watch, the realtor example. I mean, new project, new um, properties coming on the market. You've immediately then got the brochure for the property and all of your knowledge as a realtor of the local area about what that's, uh, what the unique characteristics of that property are. So, bringing something together that could either be written with images or video is super simple to do these days. Even if you don't want to put your face on the screen, still recording a screenshot walking through the mls listing of a new property and highlighting some things that maybe um aren't necessarily brought out in just the numbers kind of adding your knowledge to it dean loves audio is great at uh, it sitting down with someone on the phone and really going deep into their business so audio is super easy for dean to to create whereas we don't really do that much with video um whatever is easy for you to do in, and get out there i think there's a on top of that, there's an element of new leads are just 100% potential. So there's always the possibility that that new, fantastic, perfect lead is just in the next person that you're going to engage with. And an old lead that's been sat on the list for six months, well, I've tried and they're just not interested. All of that new potential kind of takes away the responsibility or the the uh, the effort on your part to, to nurture it. It's always there's no commitment to potential it's always 100% opportunity whereas managing an existing list can feel like a, a slog to just go through the numbers but really the the gold is is sat in that existing list and just being able to nurture them and develop them in a way that's effective and efficient for you to do is that that's really the key to maximizing what the effort that you've already put in to, to capture the leads in the first place Absolutely. I like that. Nurture and develop them. That's, yeah, I think that needs to be kept at the forefront right there, you know. Um, yeah, like definitely. Yeah. And I think all of the things like uh, know, like, and trust and, and being at the time that the person's ready and developing that relationship and removing some of the objections, all of these things that people talk about in sales training and marketing material that's out there, all of that is a long-term game. It's It's not... A commodity business of spending a thousand dollars on ads and getting twenty five clicks through to a site and then fifteen people buying thing from buying something from a site there and then um 
for the majority of us, at least. I mean, um, we did a, um, there's a book just coming through the pipeline that's talking about Amazon businesses and, uh, and how people can maximize that. In that scenario, it is a little bit more, or certainly more of those, um, those customers are likely to convert more immediately because it's more of a, an immediate response. If someone's searching for something there and then, and your, your business is to present them with that buying opportunity there and then for things that are listed on Amazon for the majority of things, at least then it is a lot more faster conversion, but definitely anyone that's in a consulting business, high ticket, um, high ticket items, anything where there's more emotional connection to the buying decision, whether it's buying a physical product or engaging with someone as a service, any ongoing service delivery, anyone that's got a residual element to their business, all of those component parts of, of know, like, and trust and building rapport and offering value to people, all of that is a longer-term game than just that immediate conversion. So Profactivate number three, educate and motivate people over time so that when they're ready, they think of you and you're there to, to kind of be the other, the other half of that transaction. All of that is is in the long term, and that's what's... Uh, that's what we're talking about now, although we've uh, <laughs> obviously yeah. taken quite a while to get to this point. So, but I think it puts in good context. Yeah, definitely. So scorecard books then, let's tie this into a specific yeah. example. So hopefully we've set the, the the broad context for people. Let's look at a couple of specific examples. So scorecards are, as we're talking about them, particularly a strategic coach tool. So for the last... 12 uh, 12 months or so i think now coach have been teaching to a certain number of their groups i'm not sure how i think they've talked about it with everyone but i think it's only the the um the small groups the the, yeah. the more one-to-one groups that have actually gone through and, and done scorecards whereas i think they've talked about it with everyone but the scorecard and we'll put some links in the show notes so people can go and, and follow through. But the scorecard is a way of your customer benchmarking themselves against a scorecard so that it becomes self-evident that they should take this next step, this next um, this next action would be beneficial to them because within the framework of your program, within the framework of your scorecards, you've helped them step through it. They've scored themselves on a scale of one to 12. And then in theory, anything that is a particularly low score, that's an obvious place for improvement. So I only use the profit activator scorecard as an example as we're talking three, because that's the scorecard associated with the breakthrough DNA. Again, framework that most people listening are probably familiar with. So it'll just make it a little bit easier. So Sticking with the coach example, then they usually have eight mindsets, and across the eight mindsets, there are four development levels, and across the four development levels, there's a score of one to twelve. So for the breakthrough DNA for the profit activator scorecards, the eight mindsets are obviously the eight profit activators. So select a single target market, compel people to raise their hand, educate and motivate, and then moving on from there. So Looking at mindset number one, selecting the single target market, some of the lower scores might be that you don't try and select a single target market at all, that you're just, in fact, targeting anyone and everyone and any business that you get is is good and you're just trying to catch the net as wide as possible. 
level two would be something like you focus your efforts, your marketing efforts on whatever the hot trend is right now. So rather than having a long-term strategy, you jump from one thing to the next thing, trying to land on that perfect market. Developing that as you develop your single target market, you might start to target where your best revenue is or where you know that you can deliver the best results. So that you're really trying to dial it in on on a slightly longer term, something where you can get a return for the longer term and then the the highest level of picking a single target market would be that you dominate a specific area and focus on your largest check clients so you're really dialing everything in the marketing activity at least you're really dialing in on that target market where you can offer the most value and it's the most um the most valuable to your business so not too much of an issue on what the exact mindsets are or even the structure but this concept of creating a book to supercharge your uh, profit activate number three level, the, the way that you educate and motivate people. You can imagine someone that's opted in for a copy of the Breakthrough Blueprint book. This is potentially someone who may or may not know Dean or, or the work that we've done elsewhere. It appeals to an audience who is looking to accelerate their business. So the crossover audiences we've got with the likes of um, Michael Hyatt or Frank Kern or Ryan Dice, all of these guys were uh, other marketing guys. Creating the Breakthrough DNA book is a great way, a profit activator, two tool to get people to raise their hand. Okay, now they've done that, what do we do next? We educate and motivate people over time by providing things like the More Cheese Less Whiskers podcast, because that's very tied in with the eight profit activators as well. So it's a great way of continuing that conversation, but slowly over time starting to develop it. But even that, that's ticking the education box. So we're educating people more over time through examples of how the eight profit activators can apply to their business. But it's not necessarily doing anything to specifically motivate them to take the next step. So people will see both in the 90-minute book emails that we or the book more show emails that we send out and any other broadcasts that we send from 90-minute books. Likewise, from the coach inside the business emails that come from Dean have all got a super signature on them where we talk specifically about here are three or four ways that I can help you today and give people ways of of taking that next step. So we're trying to capture people when they're ready, but this motivating step is still missing a little bit from all of that. So a scorecard book is a great way of closing that motivation gap. So someone that's already opted into the Breakthrough DNA book talking about the eight profit activators they've been introduced to the concept the scorecard then says okay across these eight profit activators that you're now familiar with how would you score yourself it's not like we're saying to people you score badly in this area or most people are very bad at um at profit activator number three motivating and educating people over time so you obviously need to do x y and z it's that we're saying to people, here's a scorecard. Now you can go away and in your own time, score yourself against that. And aspirationally, where would you prefer to be? And where that gap is between the actual and the aspirational is then becomes the kind of intrinsic motivation for someone to close that gap and do something about it. And to do something about it that we have in the scorecard book, that here's what to do next, is to go to breakthroughdna.com 
watch the videos where we introduce the subject a little bit more and then join the Breakthrough DNA online program, which is a program that goes through in detail all of the profit activators and makes a lot of suggestions on what people can do next. So the scorecard books, again, the, the specifics of it, whether you choose to do a scorecard or whether you choose to write something that's motivating in a slightly different way. The point that we're trying to get across in this episode is that the books are great for profit activate number two, getting people to raise their hand, but they can also be a powerful motivator to help people make their own decision to take the next step. I think particularly in a way like with the eight profit activators framework, where it's very easy to keep that theme running through all of it and it becomes self-evident that there's some next steps but even in if your business isn't as closely aligned as that then there's still a great opportunity to help people develop that and use a book in a slightly different context than we've talked about before after all that i definitely need to take a breath because that turned into a very long sentence (laughs) You know, I, I think you're right. Um, the, the powerful motivator, when they do that scorecard, it really is that in-your-face, like, answer. You know, um, I really do need this this product, this service, this whatever you're, whatever it is that you're selling or providing. Um, it's sort of that if you're on the fence, it definitely is a way to um, – it takes you over the, to the next step for sure, you know, um, when, pe- when people look at it and, and, and do their scorecard. And I think that's the power, isn't it? It's that it's we talk quite a lot in the early stages about the kind of landing page for your book in the first place. Don't give people, don't try and convince them that they've landed on the right page. With the email master example that we talked about last week, going from the ad to the landing page and the landing page, the only thing you can do is opt in. It's allowing people to complete the thought that they've already had, not distract them or potentially make them question it by providing more information. It's just allowing them to complete that thought. Likewise, with something like a scorecard book, it allows them to evidence themselves that they're in the right place. And that the solution that you're consistently talking about, because you've selected a single target market, because this particular funnel, this campaign is trying to address one group of people. So you know who you're talking to. Having something like a scorecard where they can go through the questions, they can rank themselves on a scale of kind of in the nicest possible way, incompetent to supremely confident. And it's evidence it's self-evident that where there's a low score and a gap, particularly if you then ask them, okay, what's your current score and what's your aspirational score? All of this is reinforcing the point that I thought I had a problem in the first place. I knew I wanted to do something about it. Here's some information to help fix that. Here's a way of, of gauging myself against a, on a, on a scale of competence. And therefore the, the, suggested way to fix this is even more something that i should do because i've literally just gone through an exercise where i've reinforced and re-identified that i've clearly got a gap in this particular place exactly yes so i think some of the other examples then i think the um 
for anyone that wants to follow through on this particular example, and I think the eight profit advert is, is a good one to follow through because there's some common language there. So if you haven't already, then head over to profactivatorscore.com and you'll get the opportunity to, there's a opportunity to fill in your details and get a score back yourself for how you position on the, the eight profit activators. Um, but more importantly, in the context of the book, at least, you'll get uh, part of the, the download there is a copy of the Breakthrough DNA book and the Scorecard book. So you can see very clearly how the two work together in concert and kind of build on the idea that's been sown in the first place of date profit activators you can trigger right now in your business. Some of the other ways that people can use the the motivational type um using a book as motivation to encourage people to take that next step. Again, as I say, the scorecard tool is a coach tool. So quite aware that a lot of people listening to this won't have have gone through that process and won't have their own scorecard created already. Um, Although it's not necessarily the most difficult thing to do, but if you don't, then that's not the only thing that is fit for purpose in this context. So what we're trying to do is keep the conversation going and allow people to identify themselves and kind of evidence to themselves that your suggested course of action is is the right thing for them to do next so a book is a great way of doing that but you can also we talk quite a lot about having that follow-up action that someone can do next so the call to action on the back of a 90-minute book we suggest doing something like send give people the opportunity to find some more free stuff so head over to the website and watch some videos where we talk through this idea in a little bit more detail or a a related idea in a bit more detail then we suggest having something where they can opt in again to identify themselves as hotter prospects so um head over here for a um a scorecard or an analysis or um that thing that's going to help people develop their own thought on the idea they they kind of take it to the next step so it's that second stage that's what we're talking about here and developing into this profit activator number three tool really taking that here's some free stuff and the the third call to action on a on a regular 90 minute book would be join the program get started now but that middle step of here's a way that you can learn more and develop more if you have a way of tying that into something like a scorecard where people can clearly identify themselves on a scale of kind of incompetent to supremely confident, then that developing that further, whether it's a, a book or whether it's some other asset, but developing that further is a great way of kind of filling in this motivating step in the middle of, yes, you're going to continue to educate them over time, but this thing, this thing that they can complete next which ideally is very consistent with the words they've already um, they've already heard and the problem they've already identified and and really gives them a, a score or grade or a clear um, a clear kind of gap analysis of where they are versus where they want to be. It's that that plugs the motivation gap in profit activity number three and helps push those people over the line who are approaching the place of yes they're ready to do something and this thing your thing is the thing that they would be best served by doing next yeah very good great fantastic 
Yeah. Well, hopefully it's, um, I mean, the scorecard books particularly because they are, I mean, it's easier if you've got a scorecard already or, I mean, if the context of it makes sense, but it's definitely something that's relatively straightforward to do. In the next couple of weeks, we'll release a, we need to come up with a better name for it, um, which is what's holding it back slightly, ridiculously enough, but um, <laughs> we need to release the author scorecard, which um really looks at business books, how to create a lead generating book. So it's not about becoming an author, it's about a lead generating book scorecard. And as you can tell by those clunky words, we haven't quite landed on the perfect title just yet. Okay. But over the next couple of weeks, we'll have that released and ready for people to download a copy of. And across eight mindsets for writing a lead generating book to really drive a lot of new business, that will help people to position themselves on the scale that we've just described. So keep an eye out for that whether or not it's something you feel you need to do for your own business or writing your own book then would recommend download a copy of it anyway just to see this motivating step this kind of profit activator number three tool in action um you can do that today of course by going to profitactivatorscore.com and grabbing a copy of the breakthrough dna version of it and again think about how that translates to your own business of a book that you're writing to engage cold, potentially cold leads to begin with, to make those invisible leads visible and then following that up with how you can motivate them and almost allow people to, um, the next step to become self-evident that the course of action that you're suggesting is the, is the best thing that they can do at this time. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Okay, so let's, uh, I think we blasted past 30 minutes again pretty quickly, Perfect. so uh, let's draw a line under it there. Um, I mentioned as well that we've got a couple more Facebook ideas that we want to wrap up on. We've got a couple more campaigns running at the moment, so I want to share some of the results of that with you. Um, so a wrap-up show in the next couple of weeks, and then the a uh, couple more great ideas coming down the tracks, and some interviews with some existing authors talking about how they're using their books. So had a couple of weeks off, but uh, hitting the ground running again now as we, we move properly into the summer and uh, should be an exciting time. I, I enjoy hearing the, our authors come on, and, and I think those are interesting um, podcasts to listen to. It really gives the that person who's hesitating, like, do I need to write a book? Should I write a book? I really want to write a book. It, that kind of gives them that, that push, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, and it's not just me spouting right. on both things as right, well. Exactly. It's, it's, it's always real, good to hear of the real use of the you know, of the yeah. blog and real people doing it. So yeah, those are, I enjoy those as well. So yeah. Um, so it's definitely working. got, there was a bit of a scheduling, uh, uh, well, not a particular scheduling issue, but scheduling became difficult over the last couple of weeks to get things in. We've got a couple recorded already. We just need to release them into the stream. And, uh, and then I think we've got at least six people uh, just looking down at the list here. We've got at least six people that we've been trying to schedule with. So we should have a nice, uh, a nice run of, of list of other people coming on the show as well over the next, um, well, we'll feed those in over the next couple of months, but, uh, yeah, there's going to be some good examples. And, and some yeah. of the things, I mean, we, kind of touched on it very briefly last week some of the things that people are doing to really use them and get them out there are, are quite phenomenal so uh yeah very excited to share those with people yeah. over the coming weeks that's great good stuff it's always a Perfect. pleasure Okay, thanks again, Betsy. Thanks for your time. Have a great weekend. And everyone listening, uh, as always, head across to 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 31. So head over there for the show notes and the transcript. If you have any questions or any um, any particular topics you want us to cover, 
then just shoot us a message to your podcast at 90 minute books or for the general support queries, then uh, just support at 90 minute books and we'll get those messages and follow up accordingly. Great. Fantastic. We'll have an awesome weekend. Perfect. You too. Thanks, Betsy. Bye.